0: Welcome back, listeners, for this first episode of the Guildhall School Events podcast of 2017. We're thrilled to welcome back Guildhall Violin Professor Levon Chilingirian today as we discuss the upcoming Guildhall String Ensemble concert on Thursday, the 26th of January, here in Milton Court. Levon, thanks very much for joining us today. Great pleasure to see you. You're going to be directing the String Ensemble in this concert, um, which will feature three like fantastic pieces in in the repertoire. Can you tell us first of all a little bit about the repertoire and why and how it was chosen?
1: Yes, um, and when you say directing, I will be playing. Because, you will indeed as well. Yeah. Um, there are some people sometimes get confused when they see the word director—that you know, somebody waving their arms about. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll be playing and and just uh, in if you imagine it as a in large chamber groups. Mm. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, and the repertoire is chosen, um, really, uh, to challenge and, and to introduce interesting new things. Lovely. The challenge of course comes at the end where we will be doing the greatest piece ever written. Certainly one of the masterpieces of a quartet repertoire, the, the Beethoven C sharp minor quartet, mm-hmm. big challenge but also the sort of piece that a lot of my younger colleagues might not play or study. Um, so why, why I thought, well, if you're in a, even if you're in a quartet, it's, you tackle that slightly later on. Mm. Um, very few of the student groups have played it, for example. I don't remember anybody doing it in my time here mm. at the Guildhall. So it's a sort of piece that is revered, but it's also the sort of piece that should be part of our education. Mm. as musicians so I felt that the earlier they can get to know this piece really well the more they'll understand what the truly greatest music by Beethoven is like this was not only Beethoven's own opinion but a few other composers um, agreed with this I know yeah, I yes, know Schubert
0: said after this what exactly. is left to write um,
1: so um, that was the, the if you like the the heart of not only of the program but of the work we'll do mm. leading up to the concert okay. where we can really get to know it um, challenge being that as a quartet it's difficult to put together but with larger, a larger group of players mm. to play in unison, to play freely, to do everything it's not ideal but there is a symphonic nature to some of it particularly the last part, right? which I think lends itself to this fantastic sound when you get more people mm. in. And a lot of Beethoven's music is, is absolute music, although it happens to be for string quartet. Mm. It's idiomatically a string quartet, yeah. but it's very much symphonic in places. It's very, very chamber in others. Yeah. So. In the end, um, it's really an educational process to get round this masterpiece, yeah. but also to um, f- for the for the students to get to know this.
0: Piece. Yeah, it sounds like a good thing for them yeah. to, to have earlier rather than.
1: And then the detail. other two pieces, the the Janacek is a wonderful but relatively unknown piece, mm. and it's really. Amazing. You know, when when you look at what's happened to Janacek in the last hundred years, he was a provincial composer, you know, not quite up to it Mm. according to what they thought. And now, of course, he's very much established as a great, one of the greatest opera Mm. composers. Mm. His two string quartets are part of every quartet's repertoire. Everybody plays them. And the suite is not as well-known, I guess, but it's a wonderful atmospheric piece for string orchestra. Mm. So um, I thought that would be a really good again for the public to hear it. Yeah. Not probably well-known. And certainly the students, I don't think any of them know this piece, which is great. And lastly, in the middle of the program is the concerto by Dikram Mansourian. The reason... I included that is... uh, Well, there are many reasons, but I commissioned it. I've played it already in Sweden, where we gave the world premiere. Mm -hmm. I played it in Armenia, um, but haven't yet played it in the UK.
0: No, indeed. This will be the British premiere.
1: Yeah. And Mansurian has been a very dear friend for many, many years. I've known him really since the 1980s. And in part... I also have a a personal musical story about him, which which I think is important, that um, when the Armenian earthquake happened in the late 80s, um, I went there very soon afterwards on a a sort of charity mission, not only to play, but also to take gifts Mm. to the people in the earthquake zone. And I'd heard a rumor that Mansurian had stopped composing because he was so depressed by the earthquake mm. and all the terrible things that were happening. And in a situation like this, um, I talked about it, apparently, amongst other things. And he happened to be listening to this broadcast. And that became the catalyst for him to write again. And in fact, he wrote a two cello quintet for us which appeared out of nowhere. It wasn't commissioned, yeah. but it was his first piece back as a composer. Mm. Uh, a- another wonderful piece, by the way. So um, that musical friendship has continued and I had the good fortune you know, to have the opportunity to commission this concerto. Mm. Um, the inspiration is from the four last songs, four serious songs of Brahms. Right. And it is it's a very varied piece. It's very atmospheric. Certainly the third movement, which is a solo violin movement, is very down to earth. It's like a peasant has just suddenly walked in to the piece. But the other movements are dramatic, um, very, very sort of deeply... Religious, very well written, mm. beautifully written for the strings, very good textures. It is a, a great, a very deeply felt piece. And uh, I think what's great is that not only will we give the British Premier, but um, he will be here. Oh, lovely, yeah. With us. And he is a wonderful, a great intellect, very modest. An amazing man, but probably the most important person in music in Armenia. Mm. Certainly our most distinguished composer at Mm. the moment. He is, is, and also while he's in London, he will have his 78th birthday, actually the day after our concert. So we'll celebrate his birthday as well. Oh, that's very
0: nice. This will be the the British premiere. How did audiences react in, in Sweden to such a kind of varied... Um, composition uh, do you think do you think the British audiences will, will take it the same way well um, they loved it in Sweden they are very very open to
1: hearing new works um, so I'm looking forward really looking forward to to playing it here and also particularly in the fantastic acoustics of Milton Court mm. so can't think of a better place to play it in
0: and how's it been Working with the with the students in the string ensemble, How, how's how's the process going for preparing for the concert?
1: Well, it's we've only had one
0: early rehearsal mm-hmm. so far,
1: um, so it was at the beginning of December, um, and it was only on the the Beethoven, and it was a great experience. Um, I know that as I predicted, most of them had never played it before, mm. so it was just exploring. Well, I know most of them because I teach mm. not only violin but chamber music. Mm. So I've come across most of them when I've taught them chamber music. Yeah, but it's still a, an element of I'm not teaching them. I, we're playing together, mm. so the students will be th- saying, well, "What's this guy up to? <laughs> and, uh, what is? What's he doing? How does he play? What does he want? You know?" And and I'm trying to see how much responsibility hmm. that they take because they ultimately once we start playing we're all equal hmm. and so the process when, when we have very intensive two weeks of rehearsal in january before the concert the process will be for people to really know the pieces so that then we can explore the music when it comes to the concerts yeah. explore it freely and just know everything well enough so that we can pretend we're a string quartet. Mm. Um, so I know the players, they're fantastic, and they're very sympathetic. And so, uh, so far, it's we had a wonderful session, and it was a sort of exploring. Mm. When we come back, it's going to be much more serious. More intense. And yeah. more intense. Um, and... We will have, apart from the
0: Beethoven, the, these two new pieces for them. And I know it's, yeah. it's quite interesting that you say how once you're you're practicing and, and performing with the students, you know, you're you're all working towards the same thing, and you're all working to to perform these pieces. In previous podcasts, we've discussed that that relationship with a, with a few other professors here at Guildhall who will then perform on stage with with students alongside mm-hmm. students. And it's quite an interesting. Dynamic, because obviously previously you've taught them, like you said, and you've you've had to critique certain things about their about their technique and all that. I'm sure. And then once you're on stage, it's all about the performance at the end of the day. And so, is, is it is it quite an easy thing to slip into for for you?
1: Well, I've done it for many many years yes. at various um, festivals and professionally as well. Mm. You know, with with orchestras, with student orchestras and professional orchestras, um, and ensembles. The important thing is that it is very easy for us, the you know the older ones, to mm. say, do it like this, do it like that, why don't you do it like this and change this and do that. Fine. And all the time, I remember very well when I was a student, when people were saying things to me, I'd mm. say, oh, yeah, I'm doing all the hard work here and you're just standing there <laughs> telling you what to do. Come show me then. Come on. Yeah. Can you do it? So... That aspect Mm. is very, very important in any collaborative situation. That um, we are, once we get on stage, absolutely equal, and I think everybody should feel that they are part of what we're doing. Okay, I'm going to nudge them and push them and whatever, but the more they take up The responsibility of Mm. their part their voice the better it is and the the detailed work in articulation in balancing in all those important things that when you're playing in an ensemble you work on Mm -hmm. and yet ultimately all those things are secondary to listening and creating something new Mm. in the performance. So I think we have to be well-versed in all the pieces, know them well enough so that when we go out and play, and we'll play not only at Milton Court, but the next lunchtime also at St. Bartholomew Mm. the Great, which is wonderful, we get two goes, that we can create something special in a live performance. And uh, it's the sort of thing that... When you when you try and climb this mountain, <laughs> if you get somewhere near the top, you feel an incredible sense of exhilaration. And I think, I hope, that's what we'll feel that we've gone on this journey together and mm. achieved something and together. It's, it's
0: still as exciting as it was when you were first starting out to, to perform on stage. In that, in absolutely, that yeah, absolutely
1: because we're always exploring. Exactly, yeah. And I've just been actually, I'm following a good friend of mine who's in the London chess classic and he's one of the great grandmasters in the world. And I'm staggered after a game when he says how uncertain he was about certain <sighs> phases of the game. And you're talking about these are the, the great players. Yeah. I mean, they are the masters. They are the people who know everything. And when somebody like that says, "I after move 22, I didn't have a clue what was going to happen. I had, of course, options. Mm. But they're open. And the, the uncertainty makes him and all the others who are there at the moment into great players mm. because they are always searching to find something higher, more inspired. And in our case, of course, we don't have a a, a chessboard where you start from nothing mm. and you create your moves because we have Beethoven or Mansurian or Janáček who have imposed certain things, yeah. certain moves. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like a chess game in that way. We have to follow the, a certain path. But on that path, there are so many options. For timing, for phrasing, for tempo, mm. so all that of side of it, and, yeah, 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 we can explore together.
0: Lovely. And uh, just to finish off, what, what are you most looking forward to about the about the concert in January?
1: Well, I think once you do all the work, I'm looking forward to going on stage with a fantastically talented bunch of younger colleagues. Mm. Um, they are. Marvelous players, marvelous professionals already. Mm. You know, I treat them as colleagues. Yeah. And it's a, it, I think it'll be a very special concert to look forward to because of the excitement knowing that you've got terrific players who are young, enthusiastic, flowing with energy, and to harness that and to work together. Mm. I think it's. Can't ask for anything more than that.
0: <laughs> thank you very much, Levon, for joining us today and thank you listeners for listening to another Guildhall School events podcast. The Guildhall String Ensemble concert takes place on the 26th of January in the Milton Court Concert Hall and tickets are available from the Barbican box office um, in person over the phone or you can also look at our website gsmd.at.uk for more information about the concert. You can also follow us on SoundCloud. We're soundcloud.com slash guildhallschool and on Twitter at guildhallschool to stay up to date with everything that's going on here at the Guildhall School. And if you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review us on iTunes or other podcasting apps because it helps other people find the show. Thanks for listening. And thanks again, Levon, for joining us. Pleasure.